Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. There's something about sound that people don't comprehend and understand the power of sound. Yeah, the frequencies, it, it's real. People don't, we, just because we haven't learned about it doesn't mean it's not real. Because there's a lot of things that God is doing that go beyond what we, they taught us in religious church. That's low. That's like low levels. You start walking in the spirit, you're like, what? You start walking miracle signs and wonders. You start walking down the street and you see everybody's business. You literally can see people's thoughts over their heads. It's not a joke. People think like, oh, you're making up stuff. No, you're just not tasting. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Back in the day, I used to get judged. They're like, you're so happy. Tone it down. You talk too much about God. You talk too much about goodness. I was like, well, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. At least I'm speaking about the goodness. Maybe you should taste some. Here, taste. Taste the goodness. The goodness will open your eyes, and all of a sudden, you'll walk in mercy. You'll see the worst sinner, and you'll see the mercy and grace of God there. And all we have to do is, like, shift their head so they can see it. Sometimes it's literally there. It's literally a sign in the street. It's already written, but we're so distracted with life and our problems and our darkness that you won't even realize that the Bible and Bible verses are written all around you. When I started experiencing the goodness, oh, my God. And in 2015, God opened my spirit eyes. I had God encounters, but he opened my spirit eyes the night that my aunt passed away from cancer. I was like, cancer, you think you defeated my, my aunt? And my aunt just went to heaven. I'm going to preach to somebody. In the hospital, I get on the elevator. I was with my sister. A lady gets in the elevator. And I was like, excuse me, miss. I need to tell you about Jesus. Right there. I was mad. I was happy my aunt went to heaven, but I was mad. And we get her, she's like, oh my God, so crazy because I'm going through so much. I was like, you need a ride? She's like, I, I need to catch the bus. I was like, we're going to drive you. We drove her, dropped her off at her house, preached to her, got her set free of demonic forces upon her life and sent her on her way. The next day, which was on December 31st of 2015, I was walking in Newark, New Jersey, where I've always lived. I grew up there. I never saw the word of the Lord anywhere. I was like, oh, you know, my aunt passed away. I'm going to go buy me some sneakers. Because I felt victory. I'm walking. I go get some sneakers. I go into a pizzeria. I start eating. I feel the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what is this that I'm feeling? Because I never felt it to that potential in public. I will be really scared to feel the Holy Spirit in public. So I'm like, and I start feeling the Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, my God, I feel the fire of God. I feel the fire of God. And I pick up my pizza. And it said, blaze. And I'm like, woo! And then it said, made with 100% pure fire. And I saw it in a way that I never saw it before. And I'm like, oh, this is real. I put the slide back. I'm like, I need to hide. I have pictures I can show you. I look at the cup. The cup has flames of fire on it. And I'm just like, I look at the lady. I hear the voice of God. She was working there. She was sweeping. And the Lord says, she's been longing to hear words of love. Right? And I'm like, Nope, I'm not going to go over there and tell her that. And I'm like, not here. This is not the place. She, she's sweeping. When she turns around, those back of her shirt set on break all the rules. And I'm like, what? No way. 
Like, I felt God was just using everything around me to tell me to do what I was supposed to do. So I get up, I talk to the lady, I was like, excuse me, I'm a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord says, you've been longing to hear words of love. When she looks at me, she had heart loops on her ears, hanging on her ears. She's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I've been praying for. I'm like, but you have hearts hanging on your ears. Like, what? How is, she's longing to hear words of love, but she has heart earrings hanging on her ears. I thought I was crazy. I walk out of there, I look up. I've been there, the whole downtown area is called Gateway, the Gateway Center or whatever. I look up, it says one gateway, one, and I'm looking at it like, one gateway, you are the one gateway, you are the, and everywhere I look, I don't know, all the signs was God, all of it. It was just like sentences that I'm just like, what's going on, what was on that pizza, you know? But it wasn't that, I just went through such a hard trial, and I walked my aunt, my aunt never served God. And at the end of her life, she surrendered her life to Jesus. I come from a, my family's Latin Kings, gang members. This is where I come from. I was raised in the hood. I mean, I look nice today. God's changed my language. I've learned to communicate, but I come from the hood. I come from the ghetto. I come from brokenness. And then God decided to start doing something. And I walked my aunt to the feet of Jesus and I really didn't do anything. I was hanging out with a friend in a pizzeria and, and I heard the voice of the Lord. He says, leave now and go to the hospital with your aunt. I looked at my friend, I was like, I gotta go, I just heard God. He told me, he was like, you take this God stuff seriously. I was like, it is serious. When I get to the hospital, my aunt that never believed, I open up the curtain, she starts weeping. She, she was like, God is real. And I was like, you could never talk to her about God. It was the hardest conversations. But at that moment, she's like, God is real. And she's crying. And I was like, why do you say that? She said, I just told God, God, if you're real, please send somebody here because I don't want to be alone. And you open the curtain. And my aunt became a believer. So as we walked those three weeks and she went to heaven and she went to heaven. Let me tell you, I saw her go to heaven. She, will, she was in a coma. She will get up in the bed. It was like poltergeist, I kid you not. It was like ghost stories. She would sit in the bed. She's like, it's so beautiful. And then she'll go back. I'm like, did you guys just, they're like, she's just hallucinating. I'm like, no, she's not. No, she's not. She's in the glory. I've seen people get touched by the Holy Spirit. I've seen people have transes. And she was acting like she was in a trance. And she'll hug people. I look at her husband, I was like, who's that? He goes, that's a friend she had in Puerto Rico, but that lady died like 30 years ago. I'm like, oh my God, she's entering. She's entering. And God had me like experience this. And I would put my head next to her head and I would look that way. Cause if she opened her eyes, she'll look that way. I'm like, I need to see what she sees, you know? And then the day before she died, she got up and she said, change my clothes for I have died and now I live. And the next day she passed. And I was like, oh, and she said Abraham. But I don't know if it was my father's name is Abraham. I'm Abraham. But I, maybe she was seeing Father Abraham. I don't know. I was just like, change her clothes. She's died. Now she lives. Oh, my God. You know, she's dabbing in glory. I was cheering her. Everybody was like, no, don't die. I was like, don't let that to them. Run. Run to the light. I told her because she wouldn't leave. And I said, Auntie, if you see the light, it's Jesus. Run to him. I was like, I promise. I'm going to preach them, preach to all of them. We're going to get them into heaven. 
see Jesus run. And she, she got up like, and she screamed in her room and she says, God, I'm ready. Let's go, let's go. The next day she passed. And I was crying, but it was glory. It was the most mystical experience I ever had. And then after she passed, and I go to downtown, all of a sudden I'm like, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, what? If I, what's happening to me? And God's like, you were faithful. You believed, you proclaimed, now you get to see. That's what God does. And I say this because it doesn't matter the hard time you're going through. We are all going to be pressed in every side, but we're not going to be defeated. Everything the enemy has created to destroy us, God is turning it around to bless us. So look at your challenge and know that your challenge is also your victory. In the very area you're being challenged is the very area that God is going to raise you up to minister to people. I was just telling Frankie yesterday, I was like, can you believe I've become defender of pastors? I've had a few meetings with people, and I'm like, no, these are what pastors are doing. You don't even know because you're not a pastor. You've never been a pastor. This is what pastors go through. And I'm telling him, I was like, right, yesterday? And I was like, can you believe that I've become a defender of pastors? I used to be bashing pastors. I used to be against ministries. I, oh, they hurt me so much. I was like, ah, oh, ministries. And then all of a sudden, God's like, what well, was created to destroy you? I'm turning it around to bless you. And I'm like, whoa. He's like, now help ministries. Now help pastors. Now step. The guy that thought was hated by God, the guy that was walking away from God, has an encounter with God, and now ends up here. You're getting dizzy. <laughs> ends up here as a pastor, preaching the gospel of the very God he thought hated him because everything created to destroy you. God's turning it around. You've got to give time. Stop getting so It's not going to happen. You think I don't know what I'm talking about? I was getting attacked with anxiety this week. My blood pressure went up out of nowhere. My friend pastors are losing their loved ones. You want to talk about in the middle of the night twisting and turning? I'm not going to stand up here and act like life is perfect. Life is not perfect, but God is perfect. And he said he was going to walk with me all the way through. He said, when you walk through the fire, you will not get burned. He didn't say you were not going to walk through the fire. So stop expecting you're not going to walk through fire. You're going to walk through fire. The fact of the matter is that the fire can't do what the fire was called to do. Because you're walking with God. So even though the fire comes, you're not going to get burned. You're going to go through deep water. So stop saying, I don't want to go through a storm. Go through the storm because the storm is going to reveal to you that God is with you. Because you're going to see the glory of God. You don't see the glory of God in the good time. You're going to see the glory of God in the middle of the chaos. And when you see the breakthrough of God, when you see the deliverance of God, you're going to be like, I will magnify his name. Because everybody wants to magnify the name of the Lord in the good time. But the brave ones learn to magnify his name through the fire. They learn to magnify his name in the storm. Then all of a sudden you're like, I know this is scary, God. But you're gonna, you, you, you did it with my aunt. You're going to do it with my aunt. I never thought what, what I was experiencing with my aunt in 2015 was going to lead me to the place that my pastor friends, as they're going through 
the loss of their loved ones, which hurts so much, are calling me to encourage them. I never thought that my suffering in 2014 and 2015 was going to help people eight years later. So you don't know what God wants to do with you because it goes beyond you and it goes to a generation of people that you will minister to a generation of people that you will touch their lives it's okay that you went through that it's not okay like that no I'm, what I'm saying is you went through it I was abused I was molested but I had to get to a place in my life that I had to let it go I had to get to a place in my life that I had to allow forgiveness to come into my heart and allow God to heal me. I never thought that God was going to use me to heal my molester. I never thought that God was going to use me to heal my molester's molester. I never thought that God was going to use me to heal my molester's family. So the plans of God are greater than my plans. And the plans of God are greater than your plans. You might think there is no purpose in the hell you've been through. You might think there's no purpose in the abuse you've been through. Not that that abuse came from God. Not that incest did not come from God. That abandonment did not come from God. That came from the pit of hell. But I said that everything the enemy created to destroy you, God is turning it around to bless you. And let me tell you, this is not even the message that I have back there. So we have to fix our gaze on the Lord Almighty. And know that he is such a victorious champion. He's so victorious that he gives us victory. By simply trusting him. Because he's our friend. And we got to know where he leads his lovers. Are we his lovers? I'm his lover. <laughs> because he loved me first. You think I chose to love him out of nowhere? No, no, no. I, I, I thought God didn't love someone like me. See, someone like me, I thought was created to go to hell because that's what religion told me. But then my father saw me in the middle of the chaos. And, and like that song said, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. And I can't declare that for you. But I declare it for me. You got to declare it for, I'll tell you about it. But you got to get to the place that you're like, I belong to you. Daddy, I belong to you. I don't belong to nobody else. I know the voice of the enemy. I was praying 4 o'clock in the morning. I was literally in my, my bedroom 4 o'clock in the morning. Woke up with anxiety. Threw myself on the floor, weeping and sobbing. Fear, fear just striking me. I'm like, oh, what am I going through? This crazy fear. My blood pressure's up. I feel like I'm dying. All these dark voices. Accusing voices, accuse me. Oh, you're just praying. Look, the devil's such a liar that when you overcome your sin, he's still gonna come to you and lie to you about something else. And all I could hear was, Oh, you're just praying because you're afraid. You're afraid to die right now, so that's why you're praying. Literally, I hear those voices. And you know what I said? I said, So what? When I'm afraid, I, I could go to my daddy. When I'm scared, I could go to Abba. When I mess up, I go to Abba. When I'm strong, I go to Abba. 
Yeah, I feel afraid. I feel anxiety right now. I do feel it. And I rebuke it. And I come to daddy. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'll throw my face on the floor crying, daddy. I'm not, I'm not telling you I'm Mr. Super Prayer Man and you better pray at 4 o'clock in the morning because I pray for you. No, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that sometimes you're going to go through stuff and you're going to wake up in the middle of the night shaking in your boots. And you're not even going to know handle. You don't even know why you're going through what you're going through. But it's okay, God. I don't know, God, what I'm going through. I don't know what I'm going through, but I'm going to lay right here. I'm going to stay right here at your feet. And I'm not moving. I'm not budging. I'm not going into no camp of battle. I'm not going to fight nothing. I'm going to lay down at your feet and cry out for mercy. And I'm going to cry out for mercy. And I'm going to cry out for mercy. And I'm not going to stop crying out for mercy. Why? Because he is my deliverer. So I started talking to that voice. I'll say, I am going to him because I feel fear. And he gives me perfect love. I can't go nowhere else when I have fear. Where else can I go when I already tried it all? Can Abraham go to the bar? Can Abraham go on an app and hook up with somebody? Been there, done that, and it didn't produce no life whatsoever. You want to do it? That's you and God. I'm not giving you permission to do it. I'm telling you there's no life in that. Because I've been there and done that. If sin, if the world, if the clubs, if the party friends brought life, why would I be preaching? Why would I be standing here and not standing there? I don't need to shame people about sin. I lived it. And it didn't produce life for me. And sin doesn't produce life for nobody. And fear doesn't produce life. And shame doesn't produce life. And guilt doesn't produce life. And addictions don't produce life. And lust does not produce life. And gluttony does not produce life. Jesus Christ produces life. Because I was there and I saw where I was going. I was a slave to my own brokenness. Looking left and right for someone to love me. But the one that loves me, he found me. The one that I wasn't looking for found me and gave me a promise and he told me that I was not going to die from AIDS and he told me that I was not going to die from suicide and he said I'm going to make you a pastor 2001 he said it and he said you're going to be a pastor like there's never been before that kid that broken kid got a word and it wasn't from one day to another. So stop thinking that it's going to be from one day to another. It's going to be a walk of faith every day. And some things you fall. Some things you stumble. But you get up. And you keep going. And you slip and slide. There's slippery slopes. There's all kinds of trails. It's not just this. It's some crazy path. You go through caves and fire and deep waters. You go through mountains and valleys and deserts. We think it's just this one, a staircase. No, it's not a staircase. It's a maze of craziness. But his word is a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your path. Simply follow the light. Just follow the light. And nobody, and this is not about your family. This is not about your friends. They're going to get saved when they're going to get saved. You go. You follow. You trust. And then you'll see like, see now, people, 20 years ago, people didn't believe me. 
my sister just came to visit. She goes, wow, you really are living what you told us. All those years ago, it was hard for us to believe. She goes, nah, I want to move to Florida too. I want to come too. I see what God's doing in your life. I want to come too. See, you don't need to convince people. It's never been your job to convince anybody. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, and I will send you a friend. And he will lead you to all truth. And he convicts of sin. He convicts of righteousness. And he convicts that Jesus Christ is coming again. You know, I know somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost because they're like, Jesus is coming back. If you can't tell me Jesus is coming back, I don't know, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. I know Jesus is coming back because Jesus doesn't lie. He's just preparing many rooms. Not just one. If it would have just been one room, he would have picked me up already. But he's picking, preparing all our rooms and not just all our rooms in here, the bride throughout the whole world, through all the ages. He's not only preparing room for this generation, He's preparing room for all the generations. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I trust Abba. I trust the Lord. I trust what he's doing. In the middle of the pain, trust. I had to trust God when my mom was sick. I had to trust God when my aunt was dying. And it didn't mean I trusted God and she didn't die. She, she passed. But you know what's wild? A year and a half before she passed, she didn't even, a year and a half before she even gave her life to Jesus, he takes me to heaven. I was in the, I was in the ballroom of heaven, telling you, we were all there. But it was weird. Everybody was kings and queens, and I was a jester. But I was happy to be a jester. I was standing next to the throne, and I saw everybody I ever met, the believers of Christ there, as queens and princes all dressed like royalty. It was like a beautiful Cinderella ballroom. And then there was a door behind the throne. And I went to the door, and that was Jesus' secret chamber. He was really big, though. He was giant. And he looked at me, he goes, Abraham. I'm like, Lord. He calls me Abraham. So you could call me Abraham on earth, but get used to it. When we get to heaven, you're calling me Abraham. <laughs> Until he gives me my white stone with my new name. But I think that's my secret name with him which I believe is having catcher, because that's my name. <laughs> and then he like, he put his robe, and then like I was holding his robe. And then we went into the ballroom. And then all the queens and the kings, all the queens went like that. Like they had like these big Cinderella dresses. They all went like that and bowed their heads. And all the men went down on their faces, on the floor, everybody. Me too. And then he got up from his throne and he started singing. And he was singing like that. But he was gigantic. So all the people looked really little. And he was singing like this. And he was dancing over all of us. And I was like, what? I never knew. I thought it was a metaphor when I read Zephaniah. You dance over me. You sing over me. I thought it was metaphor. On earth is a metaphor. And spirit is truth. And he was throwing golden coins. Golden coins on the heads of the people. And these go it was almost looked like Mario. Like, you know, when he, lives the little, he hits the little box and the little golden coins come out. And golden coins were coming out of Jesus and they were stacking up on the people's heads. And I always wonder what that meant. And the Lord told me. He goes, that's change. <laughs> 
I was like, change? He goes, yeah, I'm creating change over my children. I was like, you got jokes. <laughs> His metaphors are literal. When do you get to heaven? You're going to be like, wait, everything I read in the Bible is here? <laughs> I'm like, guys, guys, it's there. You know? It's not like, it's, it, you know what's crazy? That Christians don't, they, Christians don't think they know what heaven looks like. You think you don't know what heaven looks like. Read your Bible. He's been describing heaven with all the prophets. Every prophet throughout scripture gave us a part. Every single one of them. Solomon talks about the marriage carriage. <laughs> he talks about it. He talks about it. He's picking us up in the marriage carriage. He really is. He talks about the mountain of spices. There's such a place. You get all these fragrances. You know, then you have John. That was in front of the mansions. He's like, guys. And Ezekiel, he's like, here's a measuring rod. Measure this. And go back and tell people the measurements. You know, when you're going to go buy a house, they give you measurements. And this room is 19 square feet. And that room is, and the whole house is 1,800 square feet. This is the house you're going to purchase. Go read your Bible. And you'll see that God already gave you measurements. So you could know how big and wide is his mansion. Okay. If you pay attention to the Bible, you go to the book of Ezekiel, and you go first go to the book of John, and you'll see that there's 12 gates. There's 12 doors to get in, and each door is a whole pearl. It's not a pearly gate. It's not a pearly fence. It's a whole pearl. Read it. And then if you go to the book of Ezekiel, you'll see that every door has a name. You got to just read your scripture. You're like, whoa, wait, hold on. So this whole time you've been describing heaven to us? You know what's awesome? You know what's the most exciting part about heaven for me? There's no church. <laughs> There's no temple. <laughs> We're finally going to find out what church means. Because <laughs> we think this is church. This is not church. We are church. So the beautiful part in heaven, there's no building called church. There's no temple. Read it. Even John was like, and there's no temple. I'm like, yes. There's not even light, right? The light, the Lord is the light. He's the light. I'm telling you, there's no more night. People think it's in this dimension. How can it be? Think about this. If that, that the spirit is physical and there's never going to be no more night, do you understand the cataclysmical type of event that needs to happen in the whole universe for there never again to be night? Scientifically speaking, the Bible says there will be no more night, which means there will be no more darkness. So some people will be like, oh, it's because Earth is going to stop rotating. But if Earth stops rotating and America's in the sunlight, Japan is in nighttime. So how can it be that? No, the glory of God is engulfing the whole universe. We're going to be like, finally. It's a cataclysmical type of event. It's not even earth just stopping. Because if it stops, other parts of the world right now, Japan right now is nighttime. As we're worshiping, they're sleeping. Because we live in time zones. So it's not that he's coming to here and like, there's beyond that. He's engulfing everything with his light. We're all kings and queens. I'm telling you, the day will come when we're going to look 
in the eternal table and see everybody in this room like, now we're exhibiting you. I have exhibiting you. Saw me, if you saw me keep sitting down, my sciatica is hurting. My knee has been hurting. We go through stuff. The older we get, we're like, Lord, I mean, my faith is growing, but what is going on? But it's okay. You know why? Because this corruptible is going to become incorruptible. This mortal is becoming immortal in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We'll be transformed. It's going to be so fast. We're going to be like, guys, we did it. And it's drunk. It's drawing near. The moment is drawing near. So it's no time for us to be worried or afraid. It could come. Just don't let it stay. There's a difference. Fear could come, but don't be fearful. Don't let fear fill you up. It's going to come because fear is a person that comes to you and tells you you're never going to make it. Oh, oh you're only doing this because you're... That's how they talk. I'm like, get away from me, you liar, shut up. And I invoke the wholeness of God. And I invoke the perfect love of God. But this is what we really go through. And I know a lot of you are going through challenges, but you got to hold on to the promises of God. His promises for you are yes and amen. That's what he's doing in our lives. And I speak peace. To anybody even here going through chaos, going through anxiety, I command peace upon you now because anxiety and chaos is not your portion. But peace that surpasses all understanding, that's your portion. That's who you are. That's what you do. You walk in peace. I pray that God will open up your ears and your eyes and the spirit so you could see who you are. I don't want you to see who I am in the spirit. I want you to see who you are in the spirit. Because when you see who you are in your spirit, you're gonna be like, mm, let's go. You are strong. You are powerful. I love how that song said that he comes with a ring and he comes with a robe. And when you read scriptures, I think it was Ephesians or Galatians in the Passion Translation, it says that um, the Holy Spirit is the wedding ring, you know? The Holy Spirit is the wedding ring of covenant. You know, like when, when, a, when a, a guy gives a girl an engagement ring, right? So it's an engagement ring. And you gave first the engagement ring as a covenant, right? That I'm going to prepare a house. The, a man that was going to marry a woman in those times, he, he'll, he gives a ring, an engagement ring, then he goes prepare a place, right? So she could go move in with them when they get married. And the, the ring is a promise ring saying, hey, I love you and I'm coming for you. I like, a lot of guys would do that when they were going to war. They'll get engaged. Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to the army so, so I could have finances, so I could build a life, so then I could bring you with me. So could, we could start a family. And that's what God is doing. He's given us the Holy Spirit as an engagement ring. He's given us the Holy Spirit as a coat of many colors. You know, we keep thinking, we only do this. I only have this anointing. I only could play a song. I only have this one talent. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. You have so many talents. You're afraid to step into them. You're afraid to show the world what you really could do. But you're very talented. 
And God's calling you guys to let go of that fear because it's not who you are. You are talented. You want to leave earth releasing these talents because when you get to heaven, it's exactly what you're going to do. If, you're gonna, if, you, if you love art, I promise you, you're going to have an art gallery in your mansion. If you like baking and cooking, you're going to have a great kitchen to cook. And people are going to always come over to your house so you can feed them. Your house, is, your mansion is never going to be empty. You're going to be so surrounded. You're going to be so surrounded by so many people. You're always going to cook. I just see you cooking, cooking, cooking. She's like a queen that cooks with her beautiful onyx dress, but she's still cooking. Probably the most elegant cook I've ever seen. <laughs> if you love flowers and gardening, get ready. You're going to have gardens galore. You already, if you really realize what you love, I promise you, you're going to get there. You're going to be like, no way. I've been reading it. And I know because of what God has shown me before. If you love to sing, I already know my mansion. You guys are going to come over to my mansion. I'm, I'm going to do Broadway shows for you guys in heaven. They're not called Broadway shows no more. They're, they're called Streets of Gold shows. <laughs> I promise you, watch, watch. We're like, we love going to Abraham's mansion. He always puts on these shows. <laughs> Tell me, you probably be in my show. <laughs> it's, it's just the way that it is. I already know uh, Avril, right? Avril, she has like this huge stable with so many wild horses, right? Right? I know it. I know it. I'm telling you. You what? I I'll put a I'll put a I'll put a um bet. I'll bet you a brick of gold. <laughs> I think I'm playing. I'm not playing. It sounds like a joke, but this is living real. I'm not. How you know how they call it? Um, people usually say a call like, uh, "It's real as hell" or something like that. But I'm like, no, it's real as heaven. It's real as heaven. That's how real it is. It's real as heaven. We're, man, that is coming. It's coming so soon that we have to just be ready for it. We have to be excited for it. We shouldn't be walking in fear and in shame because that's not what we are there. In heaven, you're walking in so much freedom and so much authority and in so much joy and in so much peace that, that we just, we just got to practice now. If you know you're going to worship forever, Yo, release your sound. You, are you concerned? Are you concerned about the person next to you in heaven not liking your singing? Let me tell you, everybody in heaven can sing. Every single one of us is going to be like, heaven is a musical. We're just going to be singing the whole time. Like, just tell you, the people working in the fields, not because you have to work, it's because you're entertained doing stuff. We're gathering the harvest from the trees and everybody's singing. And when you sing, your worship carries you right to the throne room. I'm telling you. So we need to be excited. I know we get stuck with all the trials and tribulations, but hey, once in a while, or more than once in a while, take a peek up. Even in the middle of chaos, you got to go, mm, let me think about your goodness. Let me think about what awaits me. Let me think of that day that I am going to touch you. My hands will touch your face. My arm is going to crash in a collision of grace into your arms and no one will ever separate me from that place we're going through this race here and we want the race to stop sometimes i got to win it's gonna stop and we we all go through it my mom went through cancer it went well and then she went through something else a few years later and then she got better she goes through something years later and i was okay 
and I got my blood pressure under control, and then all of a sudden I started suffering from sciatica. <laughs> it's almost like you get good in one place, and then you're struggling in another place. That ever happened to you? But it's okay in all these things. We are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. We're gonna, we, we are in eternity, but when our eyes really pop open, we're going to be like, oh, that was like a weird dream we all had. Promise. Promise. I promise. You have a gallery of art. And every single one of your art has music. Because as you were painting, you didn't see it, but your paintbrushes release music. You're even a conductor in heaven, and your conducting stick is a paintbrush. What? God already prepared. A, a, it's called a praise hall. And all those moments that you thought you were worshiping alone or you were going through stuff but you were crying out to God, you were making paintings in the spirit realm and you were building tapestries. And God's collected them. Even in those dark moments, in those painful moments, you'll see the beauty. God's redeeming your pain. God's redeeming the brokenness you went through. Wait until you step in, you're going to be like, you're going to be like, thank you for the hard times. The hard times produce this. Yep. We think our hard times are not working for us, but your hard times, man, your hard times led you to your knees. You're only close to Jesus because you went through that hard time and then you were praying and then he answered and showed you great and mighty things that you did not know. Your weakness worked for you. Your weakness showed you his grace. You found out that even in your weakness, you were able to walk. And you're going to say, weakness, thank you. Persecutors, oh my God, enemies, thank you. Oh my God, all you people that, all you people that were talking bad about me. Oh, this is what God was preparing. God was using you to perfect this. You, every single one of you is going to walk around heaven going, look at what the Lord has done. And you're going to talk about you. You're going to be like, look, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Every single one of you. It's going to be like a, like a fashion show of just going, look what the Lord has done. Guys, guys, look, look. I'm telling you. So, yeah, go ahead, cry. Pout. Be upset. And then give God glory. Kick and scream. When you go through the hard times, when you cry, he listens. When a child cries, moms, moms, what happens when your baby cries? Can a mother give me an answer? I'm here. I'm here. Mom, mom, volunteer. What happens? What happens? I'm gonna hear. What happens when your baby were little and they cry? What will you do? Try to soothe them. Find out what's going on. Like a mom? Yeah. Rub your back. Yeah. Beat them. Yeah. You change them. All of it. And what she's saying? She is just a sample of the Father's love. Every mother here, every father here is but a sample. Jesus says, if you being bad, if you being bad when your child cries and they're hungry, you don't give them a stone for bread. When your child has a need, you don't give them a serpent for the need that they have. Then imagine me. Me, I'm good, you are bad. When, you, when humans are bad, they're still good to their kids. So imagine a God, if a parent that is bad still blesses their child, 
and feeds their child and takes care of their child. Imagine God being good. If a person that being bad can still produce good for their child, then imagine a God that is good. Do you not imagine the goodness that he is able to produce for every single one of us? I want to encourage you through your hard time. I want to just motivate you to go, it's okay. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Uh, we, we, we all going to make it there like that. <laughs> right? That's how everybody finishes a, a series like Tough Mudder. Nobody finishes like, oh, I've made it. No, everybody's like, I'm dirty, I'm filthy, but give me my golden coin, you know? We get our ring, we get our crown, we get our scepter of authority, we get our precious white stone with our new name. You get a new name that is a secret between you and God. Can't wait to find out that name. I think it's because he's gonna, he'll say that name we don't even know, and then like, Julie's gonna be like, hey, that's me, he's calling Mick, let's go. And we're like, oh, that's her name. <laughs> he'll just call us with this name we never knew. Probably you'll call Schnookums. Schnookums, come over here, Schnookums. I wonder what names he's gonna make for us. Bimpaka, <laughs> Ribibibi. Who knows? I wonder what his names are gonna be. Because there's so many of us, they're all gonna be different. There's too many juniors. Like, my nickname is Junior. But how many juniors are on the face of the earth? You know, so it's not going to be Junior. It has to be something that nobody has. I'm going to have something. Every single one of us is going to have such a unique name that nobody else. All of us, even on earth, Abrahams. There's many Abrahams. But imagine I'm in heaven and he goes, Abraham, come over here. The first one running over there is going to be Father Abraham and probably Abraham Lincoln and all the other Abrahams. And I'm mixed with that multitude of people. And I'm like, when's my turn, right? But he's going to give me a name that I'm going to know. And he's going to give you a name that you're going to know. That when daddy calls, throne time, <laughs> it's you. I mean, we'll all be clapping like, yay, we're so happy for you. It's your turn. I don't think we're jealous and selfish there, you know? We're all excited for each other. I can't wait. No more racism. No more division. No more uh, anything. No more cultures. Kingdom culture can't wait for this this sounds so good so you know what when fear comes when fear of death comes learn to stand up to it when death comes like oh you're gonna die I'm not gonna die I'm gonna live Jesus said that he who's in me will not die but will live like learn to stand up to these voices because I know I'm not the only one hearing these dark voices you're not good enough. Let me tell you what my father says. God don't love you. Let me tell you what my father says. You got to get to a place that you know what your father says. And I'm telling you, religious people will come. The devil will come. Anybody will come and be like, it is written. You could say that. Jesus said it. It is written. It is written. And it's, uh, it's a declaration. It's an affirmation. I'm standing on this because this is what he said. I'm not going to even pray things that I feel. I've learned to literally pray the word. I'm going to pray the word because the word has authority. The word commands. Amen. I hope, and I hope 
And I pray and I believe that you feel encouraged that as we go through these challenges, as we go through these little waves, we still stand firm. The Lord said, if you do like a wise man and you build your house upon the rock, when the wind blows, when the storm comes, your house will not fall. So let the storms come. Let the trials come. And all these things I overcome. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Amen? Amen. I hope anybody feel encouraged? Anybody feel strengthened? Amen. And you know what happened? As I was going on Thursday, that I, my blood pressure went up and I was feeling this anxiety and stuff. And I was like, God, why do I feel this? This is not mine. Like, I have no, I go through my life and I'm like, I have no reason to feel this. And I even wrote to Caleb yesterday. I was like, Caleb, I need prayer. I'm going through this and it's really bad. Anybody ever been through anxiety? It's horrible. I rebuke anxiety. Such a bully. It's like this bully, like in your face. That's what I, I got bullied when I was a kid in school. And when I hear anxiety, that's all I see is like this big kid trying to punch me, trying to hit me. And I'm like flinching, you know? I said, hey, Dad, I went through that stuff. But Caleb came into agreement. Lo and behold, uh, I called one of my friends. And I'm going, hey, how are you? She goes, I'm in the hospital. I have water in my lungs. And, and I go, I said, did this happen on Thursday? And she said, yeah, it was Thursday. And I was like, look, on Thursday, my blood pressure went up. I've been going through crazy anxiety, fear of death, blah, blah. She tells me that's everything she's going through. Ever since I spoke to her, it left me. Sometimes, I'm going to give you the secret, you analyze, analyze yourself, right? Is there a reason that you do something wrong and, and, and the devil's accusing you, right? But if you know you've been walking right with God, you know everything's been going well, and all of a sudden you're being attacked, or you're feeling this heaviness, you're feeling this oppression, depression, whatever it could be, ask God, check yourself. Be like, do I have a reason for this? Be honest with yourself. Do I have a reason for this? And if you could certainly say, I have no reason to have this feelings, God. Why? Nothing, nothing. I'm not going through anything to be in this place. Then say, God, Show me who's going through this. And start praying for whoever's going through it. I promise you, God will reveal and lead you to the place. I went through it for two days because I wasn't getting who it was. And then it went, like, ooh. And after here, I'm going to go to the hospital and be with her. You know? And then go be with them. Go pray with them. Go speak life to them. Some of us might feel what other people are going through. And just pray for them. You don't even have to tell them they're feeling that. Just be like, I, I want to pray peace over you. I just want to do, just pray it, release it. And you'll see that you're like, the, the weapons the enemy's creating to destroy you or, cre or de creating to destroy your friends, now you're using that same weapon against the enemy. Amen? I'm going to encourage you with that because it didn't stay there with the anxiety. God released it. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.